Welcome back to Fully Equipped. It is a major week, which means the whole crew is here. RB, Gene, and Chris. I feel so privileged to, to be on a podcast with the whole crew because I can tell you this does not happen all that often. Happy Open Championship Week. Yes, I call it Open Championship Week. I do not call it the British Open like the rest of, of you over here in the U.S., but it is my favorite major of the year because you get to wake up at 2 a.m. And, and watch live golf. And there's nothing better than that. Boys, as always, how we doing? Like you, I am. Uh, I'm. This is my favorite major of the year. Uh, I think I, I put it on uh, social earlier today was like, you know, they have the live from the range and it's just live practice round video and they have experts talking to the golf course. And it's like they really do give you the most access to like what the course is like and explaining it and breaking it down. And to me, because it's link golf is my favorite and uh, very excited for the rest of this week. And we got a lot to talk about, which is uh, even more exciting. Okay. So RB and I are, are in the open championship camp, Gene and Chris, what's your favorite major? I'm a, I'm a U.S. open guy myself. I, I love the struggle. I love the, uh, Oh, I love it. I love it. I love watching the guys bitch and piss. You like like watching guys bitch and complain. Yeah, I I do. I do. It just it just makes me feel better about going out and shooting eighty. <laughs> that's I mean that's that's basically what it is. If I go out and I have a bad round, it's like, okay, this is comparable to uh, you know, when those guys are on the struggle bus. It's not just sunshine and rainbows for them for, for four days of golf. I uh I, I think I'm gonna have to go with you, Chris, the US Open just because it is such a torture chamber and it's it's so interesting. What's What's interesting about the open that especially um, it, it used to be the case, but it's interesting. The RNA doesn't seem to have kind of tricked up their golf courses like the U S open has. And so the, well, but it's uh, the X factor is the weather. And so if the weather is decent that week, you know, these guys can go really low on those courses. And, you know, there's, there's been, there's been opens where, you know, 20 under is wanted. I think, uh, was it Stenson, uh, the shootout with Phil? I mean, that one went really low. Uh, the, the point being it's, it's kind of a fascinating X factor tournament that, and, you know, having spent, decent amount of time over there there's no rhyme no reason to the weather talk about getting on the wrong side of the draw you could go in the morning <laughs> and it could be pouring down rain and the next day you go in the afternoon and it's pouring down rain i mean it's just there's no pattern to the weather and so it's uh it it really is a, a you know you play the old course on a on a sunny day and it's like a muni you know, but you play it when the wind's blowing 30, 40 miles an hour. And it's just absolutely, well, RB knows that I saw your Instagram posts on that. It's, it's, it's like, wow, this is really hard golf. So yeah, it'll, it'll just be, it's, it's fun to watch what's going to happen. The coolest part about this year's open is something that I absolutely love. You know, we talked about that the RNA usually doesn't trick up, trick out the golf course. But there, there's an internal OB on 18 this year, and I'm so giddy because somebody's gonna somebody's gonna blow their chances at winning a Claret Jug. I, I guarantee you, it's gonna come down to this. So for those that that haven't 
uh, watched live from the open on the golf channel or, or consumed any content over on golf.com about, about the layout at Royal Liverpool. It's a little different than the, the setup that you saw the last time that the open was played at Royal Liverpool in 2014. So nine years, the, the par three, they, they've now, sorry, I should say they made the 17th hole now par three, but they had internal OB meaning that if you if you were to think about how out of bounds works on a golf course there's usually a defined line where it's like uh you know let's let's use the 18th hole at at the old course as an example if you hit it onto the street to the right that's ob that's a defined line there there is there is a there's a metal there's basically a metal fence that runs down along there so you know if you go there that's that's out of bounds but on the 18th of Royal Liverpool they have uh, basically white stakes <laughs> running just off the fairway. They actually moved it 20 yards closer to the fairway than they did nine years ago. Oh. And they're using this internal OB as <laughs> I mean, it's going to, it's going <clears> to <throat> be, it's going to be great. It sort of feels like, um, like Carnoustie, the 18th at Carnoustie. I mean the the OB down the left side. It's so tight. You cannot you cannot go down the left. But I just love the idea that they moved the twenty yards closer to the fairway. I mean you can't, you can't go down that way. You're going to see guys just blow it to the left because they don't want to they don't want to get they don't want to test that internal OB. I think it's a great way to to end the championship. Others might disagree with me, but again, I I, I love I love a little bit of chaos. I have no issue with chaos when it's equal to everybody. And I think this is the case where, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a matter of the course and, and it's tough. And it's kind of the same thing Rom said about 17 being, being a new hole or newly designed par three on the, basically they switched directions of it. And it's, I've seen overhead views from like the drone. And then there was a picture of Rom on like one of the side bunkers. And you realize that that bunker is like eight, nine feet below this, like the surface layer of that bunker where the sand is, is like eight, nine feet below the surface of the green. And it's just this big slope. So it's the same for everybody, right? Like, yes, the bunker's only so big. And then outside of that, there's like a catch area. So the bunker plays like twice as big as a hazard, theoretically. So with all of that being considered, it's still tough for everybody, right? Like if you miss there, everyone misses there, right? So for me, I think internal out of bounds is just this like added aspect or added element of being able to say, just don't hit it over there, guys. <laughs> it's really easy. Just don't hit it there. Hit it over there. And if you want to play it up the side, and you know, like classic architecture, like 101, generally the closer you hit it to the place where you do not want to miss it gives you an advantage going into the green. And it's kind of that classic case where, you know, if you're going to miss it right, and I think the predominant was watching some of the YouTube live from the range stuff, which is the open presents, which I think is fantastic. I think that's the predominant wind blowing direction as well. So, um, you're going to see a lot of players hit some very low shots and, and probably miss more in the left rough, especially when they're coming down the stretch. So, yeah. And it's, it's important to point out that the internal OB is not for, doesn't run up to, you know, basically where the second shot is. It runs the entire length of the hole, which means that you could theoretically, you know, blow it OB off the tee and then get your next ball in play and then blow it right again and go OB so it's it's not just uh you know a sigh of relief once you hit the driver off the tee or or whatever you're going to hit but it is it is going to come into play 
I, I love it. And you know what? One of the things that I absolutely cannot stand about PJ Tour events is that guys, especially on tough holes, will continually blow it into the grandstands because they know they're going to get they know they're going to get relief. And yeah. I, so I love the addition of internal OB because it it, it doesn't allow guys <laughs> to just get away with a poor shot. You can't just blow it over into the to the crowds and hope for a good lie and you know from it being trampled down all week. So give me more internal OB. I'm all for it. Not only that, more but if you, if you look, if you look at the, uh, I think Dylan Dylan Share posted it from our team, the uh, or Sean Sean Zock the uh, the drop zone. Like they, I know that's like they always kind of joke because it's like their podcast name. You check it out, but the uh, they don't give you this like fancy little like area where you get it's like mowed down like TPC sawgrass where you hit in the water and you walk over and you drop it in like fairway lie. Like it is like this little for it looks like the you know like Bert from the Muppets how he's got that hair that's just like six off the top of his head. It's like you're dropping in Bert's hair in like this five by five five foot circle where you have to drop it. So like you know what? Look, if you want to blast it into the the grandstand, by all means. But listen, you're not getting dropped six feet behind the green. You are dropping it over there where you got to hit it over this bunker out of you know six inches of rough. So good luck with that. So you make your, you, you pick your own adventure, but let me tell you this, that's where it's going to happen. And I think that that to me is, is, a, is something that's very different than as we would say, like a traditional T, um, TPC course or just on the PGA tour. It's like, Oh, you blew it 70 yards over the green. Cause you hit a, uh, a three iron from 160 yards. Cause you didn't really like your lie. We're going to put you four feet behind the green. No, no, that's not how it works around here. We're cracking down. We're mean business. <laughs> Cracking down, meaning business. Love it. Well, we we could spend an entire podcast just talking about internal OB and in all the ways that we love it. But let's get into some gear talk here. I was going to say internal OB sounds like a GI issue. I mean, that's something that you should see your doctor about. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Biggest gear story from the week, from the early part of the week, as we record the pod on Wednesday. Has to be Phil Mickelson. This is interesting, guys. So um, let's go back to Phil's comments to Alan Shipnuck. Alleged alleged comments depends on on who you who you believe, Phil or or Alan Shipnuck. But Phil's comments set in motion. um, uh, Gosh, just just a firestorm for Phil Mickelson. And it led to a lot of his sponsors either pulling the plug on their relationship with him or hitting pause on their relationship with him. And one of those that hit pause was Callaway, which if you look at it, I mean, Phil was the, has, or was, is the face of Callaway golf since he signed a deal uh, going back to early two thousands, right, right before the, right before the president's cup. Anyway, so he's been the face of Callaway Golf. Callaway, after after the comments from Phil, decides to say, "Look, we're not we're not parting ways with Phil. We're just merely hitting pause." And that pause has remained in place, going all the way up to this week. Uh, you know, for the most part, since Phil has uh, moved over to live, he's still played a, a Callaway heavy setup, pretty much what you would expect from a guy who is a staffer playing a lot of the latest gear. And then Phil shows up this week at Royal Liverpool with a Callaway, sorry, a Ping 
That's the big story here, not Callaway. He shows up with a Ping G430 LST 9-degree driver and a 15-degree Ping G430 Max. The Max model is one that we've just talked about recently. It is the most popular fairway wood on tour. It was four straight weeks as the, the most used fairway wood out on tour. It had another win last week at Barbasol. So it it's it's definitely, you know, it's up there as one of the most popular clubs out on the PJ Tour right now. But we are seeing Phil Mickelson, you know, guy who likes to to hit bombs. He we're now seeing him use a non-Callaway product. And from what I was told, the these clubs are a go. So the Fairway Wood was a club that Phil received at the beginning of the year to test before the live season started. And the driver was a club that he actually just received this week. And I find this so fascinating because, <laughs> you know, Phil has constantly been chasing distance. And if you look at what Ping has been known for historically, it's stability. It's not speed. And then Gene, you saw it this year with, with G430 when we, when we ran it on the robot. You know, these, these drivers are faster. We're mm-hmm. seeing we're seeing a lot more ball speed from and Ping had talked about that when they designed these clubs. You know, they were pushing for ball speed this year, but not not at the expense of stability, but trying to find ways to increase ball speed to get up there in those head-to-head tests against some of the other manufacturers. So, I mean, what is your what's your first what's your first take when you see Phil Mickelson with Ping product? Well, and Gene, I'm curious to yeah, definitely hear your thoughts on this. I've I've got my take, but let's let's hear the the robot well, tech side. Uh, well, I, it's it's not even the robot tech side. It's kind of the tea leaves, and the tea leaves are let's let's face it. There was a changing of the guard, and that changing of the guard goes by the name of John Rom. And you know, all of the focus of Callaway is went from Phil to Rom. So and he signed an extension this year. Should point that out. Yes, he just signed. It just was just announced this week that he's doing a, a long term extension. The most interesting part not to cut Gene off, is that there's an equity stake for for Rom in Top Yes. Golf, which yeah. you almost never see equity stakes in these deals. Uh, you know, if they are, they're they're not like this. So this is a really big deal that John Rom's now getting an equity stake in Top Golf. So anyway, continue, Gene. And but that that just adds to the point. Uh, and obviously we know Phil's got an ego, right? I mean, you know, and he's not top dog anymore. And if you're not top dog, you're going to look elsewhere. And it's, I think there's just an inevitability to it, but I think it's also, I think it's just a function of athletes aging as well. What is Phil now? 52 or 53, but you know, he's, he's in the twilight of his career. So for him to experiment Callaway's forward-looking. They're not, you know, I mean, and, you know, because of the controversy that surrounded Phil, I I don't find it shocking at all that they de-emphasized, I'll put it that way, his, his role within the company and his role as a representative. And then they looked at the, at the future, which is ROM and they see this, you know, player who is dynamic who is electric and in many ways uh, has some characteristics similar to Phil. So I, you know, I just see it as a changing of the guard and I don't, um, I, I, you know, from Phil's perspective, you know, maybe it goes back to his Arizona days, but I'm sure he had a relationship with ping, you know, and has had one. And so, you know, that's, 
not surprising in the slightest. I, I think from a from a custom fitting perspective, the and I'll be I'll be very forward in admitting the fact like I am currently using a, a four thirty LST. And the reason I like it is because I hit it all over the club face and it is stable as hell. And when you are trying to swing very hard and very fast and you want the ball to go as straight as possible, it's very hard to be a driver that is going to offer a ton of stability and MOI. And that's what that driver does. And as I've mentioned in the past, when people ask about why don't we see all of it, like, why don't we see like a huge influx of like super low lofted drivers or really low spin fairwoods on tour, similar to what we talked about with the, the 430 max fairywood, is because these players already create the dynamics to create good numbers. So for Phil, he doesn't need a driver that's going to like absolutely not spin. He's hitting up on it. He's creating the dynamics to create low spin. So now if he's just adding stability into that, because you have to, when you, when you, especially in the wind, right? Like you need, and as you've seen, Gene, we've talked about this as well from like robot testing is once your spin axis starts to tilt, you're losing momentum in a forward like you're, you're using you're losing a forward momentum in like that vector you're losing that vector so as yep. like as it's moving forward as soon as that like you basically destabilize ball flight as the uh, spin axis tilts so if you're able to reduce that and reduce that that spin axis well all of a sudden the ball is going to fly straighter even in the wind and for him he's got a lot of confidence in the cowley ball that hasn't changed i think from a performance perspective it does perform quite well in the wind but now how can we tighten that up even more? And by using a driver that helps create stability in the end of the day, I think the goal is just to hit it, hit it hopefully further and hopefully hit it a little straighter as well. And to your point, I think we see a lot of, I always say like Titleist and Ping are the two companies where when someone is not under contract, players tend to go a lot. We've seen it with uh, Charles Howell did it before he was, he went to Ping. I've heard, rumors of other times were big bigger names they uh, they've they've been like looking around for contracts and they'll go to ping but ping doesn't pay a lot of players a lot of money and they they from what i understand they a lot of their contracts are more incentivized for wins and tv and all this stuff and i'm not just going to pay a big player name which is very different from a lot of other companies so without you know thinking of how that that works out from phil's perspective i think you know he found a product that works and he goes with it and i think again to his point and to your point gene for someone who's just looking for performance and not looking to get an extra little, you know, small paycheck or something, why would you not just use the club that you're confident in? So I think that's, I think that's why he's using, especially in the wind. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, this is about maybe 12 years ago or so, you know, the RNA is a client of mine. They have two of my robots and um, I went over there in September um, and they wanted to do some testing outdoors while I was there and I pulled up at their test facility and no joke, I opened my car door and I thought the car door was going to come off of its hinges. The wind was blowing so much. It was like a 45 mile an hour wind. I've, I've never played golf or even hit a golf ball in wind like this. And I walked in the facility and I thought, how are we going to hit golf balls? There's just no way in this wind. So we roll up the door and I can just, you can't feel it inside because it's a little bit of a vacuum where the robot is, but you can just see the wind howling out there. And it was a right to left 40 mile an hour crosswind. We set up for 105 miles an hour and uh, like a 10 degree launch, 2,500 spin, good, better player conditions, but almost zero spin axis, you know, very, very little spin axis. 
And I've never, I never tested a win like this. So my immediate assumption was, so it's a right to left win. I just think the ball is going to go 20, 30 yards left, right? That the wind just, as soon as that ball gets up, it's going to just take a left-hand turn. No, dead straight, dead straight, dead straight. Where Now it knocked distance off, but it did not really affect direction that much. But as soon as you put, to your point, RB, a side spin component in that or a spin axis component, boom, that ball is is off the world. I mean, it's just it's just shocking how little it takes to suddenly let the wind affect that. So to your point, to have a driver that's got a higher MOI that's helping minimize spin axis in conditions such as they are in the UK is really beneficial for this week. So uh, that's, yeah, that's a really good take. Chris? I, I, Gene pretty much hit it. I mean, talking about the the stability and the equipment, what he's looking for. I mean, just like we kind of focus on with with true spec fittings, and the the brand agnostic environment opens up uh, a whole new set of doorways for these guys. I mean, having an opportunity to go through and test particular products that complement how it is that they swing, where they hit it on the face, dynamics that they're looking for when it comes to launch and spin and start direction and curvature. I mean. We've talked about this a thousand times that everybody makes a good product. It just may not necessarily be a good product for a particular player's game or style. So if Phil is now all of a sudden looking for something a little bit different, whether it be performance based or because he's a little salty, maybe a combination of both now having an opportunity to (laughs) definitely, definitely combination, but uh, having an opportunity to, to now do some testing independently from just being in the Callaway brand. I mean, I will say firsthand that the paradigm driver is fantastic and it's extremely stable and fast, but he might be seeing based upon his dynamics, something out of this ping G 430 LST that the, the paradigm just wasn't giving him. And it's definitely a different shape. It's a different sound. It has different performance characteristics. So depending upon what it is that he's looking for compared to everything else, might check the box. Yeah. Nobody else has a lot of different performance like advantages. Like, you know, you look talking about drivers and all these things. It's grips. You know what a lot of <laughs> players are going to be using over at the Open Championship? Golf Pride. We got to let you know that Fully Equipped is brought to you by Golf Pride. And if you are looking for grips, whether it be you're playing in all types of different weather conditions, like they will be playing in Scotland this week, or uh, I think it's Conway, it's Liverpool. Sorry, my bad. In the UK, let me rephrase that. So they're playing in the UK. You want all kinds of different options for all kinds of different weather. You can use grips like the MCC, which a lot of people are aware of. Have the you see them on TV all the time. You've got the core in the upper hand, the softer material in the bottom hand, or you've got the Z grip with a full core grip. So that is something where you know no matter what the weather conditions are, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, whether your hands are sweating or it just happens to be raining, you're going to get all kinds of traction because of the cord that is built into that grip. Or if you're on the other end of things, there's a lot of grips in like available for comfort. One of them being the CPX, which is their softest performance grip they've ever made. Use a bunch of different textures. And when you have a softer grip, you can reduce your grip pressure. You're going to reduce vibration into your hands as well when you have to miss hit it. And when you have something that is more comfortable, is softer, allows you to hit more golf balls, you can practice a little bit more and hopefully your game improves as well. And speaking of performance and distance, 
testing has proven that because when you have the right size grips, when you have the right texture, when you have the right grip that is for you, regardless of you know your whatever your personal feel is, you're going to hit it further because you're going to swing it more comfortably. And that's always a huge benefit. Now, if you're looking to try some different grips, you can head over to golfpride.com. Use the code fully equipped. That is F-U-L-L-Y. E-Q-U-I-P-P-E-D to get free shipping on your next order. So free shipping on your next order at golfpride.com using the code fully equipped. That is available for all orders in the United States and there is no minimum. So if you want to try a bunch of different grips, the perfect way to do it. So head on over to golfpride.com and check them out. I got some new Golf Pride grips. Uh, I told everybody before I use the Tour Velvet boring guy, but there's nothing better than fresh grips. I'm serious. I love putting fresh grips on all my clubs. It just, there's something fun about that. Just a little extra tacky. They just, you know, there's something good about it, especially this time of the year when it's so hot in Texas and my hands are sweating all over the place. It's nice to get those old handles off and something new on. Anyway, before we get into the next couple of topics, and then we're going to, we're going to quickly jump over to this week's interview with um, Callaway PJ tour manager, Joe Toulon. Uh, I just want to, I went back to the numbers on G430 just to see, because I'm sure people are wondering like what makes the G430 LST so special. As we mentioned, it's the lower spin version in the lineup. Um, compared to G425 LST, the the G430 was a mile and a half, a one mile and a half faster than the previous version. And this is the one that really impressed me. And I think it goes back, to, and I wanted to point this out because it goes back to what you guys are talking about in terms of of like just the importance of stability this week. Uh, it had, and this is something that you normally don't see from an LST because, you know, at the higher swing speeds, miss hits tend to, to get magnified. The G430 LST had a single digit carry distance delta at 9.7 yards, meaning that if you take the geometric center carry versus an average of the other eight points, the the delta is is less than 10 yards which is crazy good that was um i was comparing it to some of uh what i'd consider to be more of like a game improvement model something that would be more of the max variety and the lst was anywhere from six to seven yards better in the carry distance delta than than some of those max improvement models so anyway thought that was pretty fascinating but last couple of things i wanted to get to all gear changes for this week at the Open Championship. Rory McIlroy switched to a tailor-made P760 two-iron last week in Scotland. Used the club on the last hole to, to hit one of the, the like the dirtiest shots I've ever seen. That thing barely got <laughs> so off the ground. Good. Oh, so, so good. good. Yeah. And he it, he used it just to set up that birdie on 18 back-to-back birdies on 17 and, and 18. And to, just to, to interject really quickly, we did have a little chat with someone from TaylorMade about this golf club. There's probably half a dozen of these things ever made. Of yeah, these I was going to point that out. Yeah, which I was going to say, tour only club. Yeah, like very, very tour only. Which is but yeah, if you're before if anybody there, goes goes was, hunting for one, yeah, yeah you're not. <laughs> if you're, you're out there trying to find the Rory two iron, uh, I I will say good luck to you. Because uh, Rory probably has it. all of them, it, especially after that shot. He pulled this one out of his garage before he headed to Scotland. Of course he, he did, because he thought. But here's something interesting: last two winners at Royal Liverpool, Tiger, Rory, both removed five wood for a two iron the week that they won. 
Coincidence? Maybe? Coincidence? Mm. Rory did it again. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna win going away this week. I think it's gonna be a rout. Just have a feeling. Yeah, that's that's the pick for the week. Going that's Rory. My pick. That's my pick for the week. Well, well, I'm gonna ask your picks before we close things out. But anyway, so Rory's got the P760 two iron. He'd put in the the three and the four earlier this year. RB was in Phoenix the week that he put those in the bag and asked him about him. Rory was looking for height that week, and that's why he really liked the the P760s over the the Rory's protos that he typically uses. And he's kept them in the bag. So the 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 two iron is now the third P760. That's not a new club for for TaylorMade, but he does love that. I also heard that Colin Morikawa is testing a new P790 long iron. So he he might be putting that in the bag. And anytime you hear about new P790, that's got to get people excited because I know that that's a very popular, um, very popular iron model. Anyway, in oh, addition yeah. to that, uh, RB noticed that Mizuno has some new product. You're, 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 you're big. You're a big Mizuno guy, RB. Everyone yes. knows I'm. I got a little soft spot for Mizuno. I know you do. Uh, what's 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 new there from them? I saw Fairway Woods. You mentioned a driver wedges. They got a lot of stuff coming. They unloaded, yeah. So they're uh, usually last. I would say almost half half decade at least. They really use the Open Championship as a way to push product that's coming out in the fall because they kind of traditionally follow a similar cycle to to Titleist where they have the the oscillating lines of the JPX and the M- MP series, and then you know as they've introduced woods, a lot of times you'll see a new ferry wood or driving iron or driver or something like that around the open, and. They it was the STG. So for those familiar with Mizuno, the G series is the one that offers movable weights and is a lower spinning option. So the first they teased the fairywood, and then you saw this thing, which was obviously a driver in the background, went over to the USGA conforming list or the RNA conforming list. They use a joint list. I sometimes depends if you are crazy and you're looking at them. Sometimes the user experience can can vary depending on the search platform you use. But I like using the RNA one; it's quite quite easy. So I went over there, found that not only did they have the fairywoods. But they offered it in left-handed. So it'll be the first like titanium left-handed three from S- the STG from Mizuno. Being on the conforming list means obviously for tour play and then potentially for retail at some point. No information given on that yet. Driver, very long weight tracks in it, 440 head, super deep club face thing looks real sharp. So you can head over. I mean, I think I posted on my Instagram story and it's all over Mizuno's uh, Instagram and Twitter. So they've like posted little teaser pics. And then last but not least was the new wedges so t24 wedges which to me they they look a lot like t-series very classic shaped wedge the big thing with this is they've finally gotten rid of the medallions that they've used so what they've done is they would usually have two or three loft options in a, in a single head as it comes off the forging die and they would either bend it to say it's 52 they might bend it to 51 they'll bend it to 53 and then they'll change the bounce and sticker and all that stuff and i think they realized i would i'm just speculating but it's probably a lot for consumers who are like, I don't, do I really need a 53? Do I really need a 51? And I think they've, although the SKUs might necessarily, might technically be the same on the actual wedge itself, be a, say a 52, 54, 56, whatever, and different grinds. I think they've just really sticking to that. And they've, they've put the, the loft stamped onto the golf club, which looks really clean. Feedback from my social media and from their social media looks very good. People seem to like it. And yeah, no word on any of the stuff coming out, but I think, they continue to just push that envelope of what they do, especially from the metal wood side, because the uh, 
you know, they haven't always been, they, most people think of them as an iron brand, right? So people still think of them as an iron brand, but they've got the number one driver on tour, not, not driver from usage. I mean, total driving Keith Mitchell is literally the best statistical driver on the PGA tour and he's using a Mizuno driver. So just something to keep in mind as far as distance and accuracy, like they do make a good product. And I think, you know, this week when they, they launch so much stuff at once, it's kind of like, holy crap. <laughs> We got to keep up to all these things because we're getting towards the end of the season. And that just means come fall, come January, a lot of the stuff we're going to see it in, in consumers' hands again. So makes us excited. And I think, you know, it's always, it's always kind of a fun time to, to pay attention to that. And what we didn't see was a driving iron, but they've already got one already that does perform well. And Cameron Smith used two of them last year to win the open. So the, the one that interests me the most out of all the Mizuno products that are coming out on tour this week is that titanium fairway. Cause it feels like that was a club that we saw from, from TaylorMade, the, the original, like the sim tie that is just wildly popular even now on tour, even after, after all these years. And then you saw TaylorMade go to, you know, kind of the, the beefed up stealth two plus that has that, you know, massive movable weight in, in the bottom. And we've seen other manufacturers go to go to these like a souped up version. You know, even even Titleist has their the the TSR two plus. And so I I do like the idea of of releasing these these really like techy hot fairway woods because for the tour pros, you know, I know we talk a lot about them. It's it's a great option off the tee if you need the sort of that secondary option that gets closer to your driver. And not every tour pro needs that. Some guys may, might not like that, you know, the carry distance delta there is getting really tight. But for the average golfer, man, that thing's going to be a weapon because if you struggle with your driver and you've got something that that's that hot, you're going to use it. I think that's why the the Taylor made the the burner mini has been so popular. Is it's just it's a really great golf club if you suck with the driver, which a lot of people do. <laughs> and I've seen, I've seen, a lot of people do. Let's just, say, <laughs> just, 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 just throw that out there. Yeah, everybody, everybody sucks at the driver, except for a couple I've, people. I've seen a lot of people comment that you know there's a lot of sim hilarities to that, and it's like, yes, oh, very there, clever. There are a lot of, of sim hilarities. Very uh-huh. clever. I will, I'll hand it to them for that. But they're not the only ones that done it. Yes, TaylorMade was one of the first to have this like titan or this titanium and tungsten construction you could actually go back to the rapture fairy wood from ping the very first first oh, generation for sure. which had tungsten in the sole they kind of hit it and then it's all a titanium construction um obviously taylor made popularized it more with the sim model and the carbon crown tour edge has done it recently hey, as well the and, yep. and they've offered a, a great product that i think from a price i mean again it's not inexpensive but exotic is lower, expensive but it's yeah, worth it. it yeah and i think that's where even in the robot testing is proven to be an extremely like performance driven product. And it just shows that there is a recipe for this because look, other than tungsten, the other like two or three metals that are actually, well, first of all, stable to use and heavier are gold and platinum. 
So listen, folks, unless you want to spend $4,000 on a fairy wood, guess what? You better like tungsten in a fairy wood in Ireland rather than gold and platinum, okay? Because I remember looking it up on a periodic table and I was like, okay, well, the only reason they use it is because it's so dense. Because the only other thing after this is platinum. And no one's paying for that in a fairy wood. People already complained about $500 fairy woods, okay? No one's going to buy a $50,000 fairy wood because it's got 40 grams of platinum in the soul, okay? Hey, so don't, don't say anybody. Don't say anybody. There's people out there nobody. that buy it if you make it available. That is true, right? To create a market, you only need two people. <laughs> That's that it. is true. That's all you need. Just ask the NFL. If you want to sell a team, you just need a market of two people to compete over that price and you can launch it to the moon. But as far as construction is concerned, you know, titanium, carbon, tungsten, those are the, that's the recipe. So there are just different ways to kind of manufacture that into a golf club. You want to make it deeper. You want to make it shallower. You want to make it longer front to back. Do you want to make, make it a little heavier and increase MOI? You want to make it a little lighter and make it a little bigger? From a ge like geometry standpoint, it'll go a little, you know, you can create a, a more forgiving or larger club head, right? Like there's all these different options that are there, just like a forged iron. Oh, it's it's a 1025 steel. Yeah, but they're not all this. I mean, it's the same steel, but there's lots of different ways to create geometry and sold like shaping and all this stuff. So when we talk about similarities, yes, they're there, but it's what they want to do with it that really counts. And, you know, there's some players would pick up a a certain club and they go, man, that looks really good. And another player is going to pick up another club and go, I don't really like, look at that. It's too shallow. It's too deep. And that's the beautiful thing about being brand agnostic is you can just go, you can find one that you like and use it. And you know, people are doing it. And I think from this perspective, from Mizuno, I think they're really targeting, you know what, we're going to create a hot fairy wood and, and see if people like it and to offer it in right left-handed from seeing on the, con the conforming list, knowing that they don't have a left-handed tour player that I can think of right now shows to show they're, they're very confident in this product for consumers. I think that's going to pay off for, for the end user. All right. Last topic being as a new iron. That's it. Uh, it. So if you, if you go back to 2019, that was the release of blueprint. It was, it was really their, their first true blade iron. That's something that ping doesn't do. You know, they, they were, if you go back <clears throat> to the original, like the ping eye irons, those those were some of the original like perimeter weighted irons and perimeter weighting is, is everywhere nowadays because it's, it's a great way for golfers to, to be able to, to get forgiveness. And that's what we all need. We don't need blades because those are more difficult to hit. So you need something where if you hit it off the heel or the toe, you're going to see similar carry distance numbers. Um, but there is, there is obviously a place for, for blades in the marketplace. And so it'd been a little while since we'd seen a blueprint. A blueprint was released. It is called Blueprint S. And it is not what you think. It's a cavity back iron, guys. Which I, I'm sure there's some out there that maybe they're playing Blueprint. Um, and they're going, oh, what the heck? What, what's, what's with this cavity back version now? But it was released last week out on tour at Scottish Open. I was told that Victor Hovland had a, a couple of the Blueprint. Although it looks like he might not have them in the bag this week for the Open. Um, and then Terrell Hatton had six through pitching wedge, which is very fascinating for me. So he had I-230 at the top of the set and the four and the five, and then six through pitch in the blueprint S. But they're okay. in, yeah, but they're not they're not blades. So I wonder what happened. It that that's just you know, for me, that's what that's the initial question is why go to a cavity back? Were were they not forgiving enough, even for the tour pros? I know Tony Finau plays blueprint. I, mean, I got to tell you that blueprint iron is tiny. It is very the tiny. Uh, the the internal 
uh, chatterings, we'll say, of ping iron players. A lot of the guys that were essentially ping loyalists that I had had an opportunity to work with over the years, they had tested Blueprint and defaulted back to iBlade. And some of the uh, the tour department at Ping was making a real push for the for the Blueprint, and the players were all about iBlade. Uh, I mean, a, a, a player that's become a, a friend of mine over the years, uh, Aaron Badley. I I can't count how many sets of iBlade irons we have built for him over the last few years and I, it's a great iron Aaron, it's it's a fantastic iron it is a fantastic iron and that hopefully we see some of the characteristics from iBlade now being incorporated into this this blueprint s because that blueprint was tiny and i mean you had to put a premium on ball striking once you got above about that six seven iron threshold and those things there was just no place to hide it was very similar in size and kind of playability performance characteristics to the uh the ricky fowler blade that uh cobra did a release of i mean just nowhere to hide from it very very minimal offset and yeah that's a that's an understatement (laughs) <laughs> but the yeah, hopefully the blueprint s has has some characteristics that they have adapted from the the tour feedback for the iBlade, and now we're seeing kind of a resurgence of that technology that shape that playability because the fee it checked all the boxes for those guys so hopefully we'll we'll see a little bit more of a push in that particular category for ping i, th- I yeah. think the telltale sign here for this iron is s because they haven't had an S series iron in a long time. Here we go. I was wait. I was yeah. waiting for RB to point that and, out. And I, th- I think, and you mentioned it, Chris. You said shape, right? Like in the blueprint iron, I've hit them before. I've, I've definitely like tested them out. I actually think of the, the you mentioned the Ricky iron. I actually was going to compare it to the MB one hundred one from Mira. Like yeah. very str- like straighter top line, really small, really compact. Not a lot of offset. Great for someone who wants to work the golf ball. Not great for someone who misses the sh- misses the middle of club face. But the For S sure. iron, if you look at, at like S59, 58, all the way down to 55, right? They're squared off toes. And there yep. are players that still use those irons. And I think I've seen a couple SMS tour, shout out to them. We are not on, on the site this week uh, over at the Open Championship. They've got some video and they had some address pictures. It definitely looks to be a little square. And I think that is a story of this golf club because they have players that have stuck around with this S series iron for a long time and they haven't switched them. And I'm sure they, they, yeah. Trying to think, I know Canadian Mac, Mac Hughes still plays them as well, but there's more than just him on tour, like that have stuck around with these older S series products. And I think the S is a telltale sign of like a shape, like looking at that and, and really wanting a particular shape from a dress. That is something that players are extremely specific on. And they're addressing that by offering that best of eye blade and blueprint in a forged product that's going to have a toe screw and a, and a thing in the hosel to help like increase MOI. So that, that to me is is kind of what it looks like they're they're going after here with this golf club. Again, I haven't seen them in hand. It's hard because you don't have even comparison sake for what they look like. But yeah. to see players using them on the links golf course also also makes me think that the sole is a little bit thinner as well relative to the the I-230. So I think that that's really where it fits in. All right. Well, before we get to the interview, RB, we got to, got to give a shout out to our other sponsor. 
So we have to let you know, of course, that uh, Fully Equipped is also brought to you by Callaway Apparel. Because when it comes to being on the golf course, not only do you want to look good, you want to feel good, you want to be comfortable, and you want something that offers you performance. And Callaway Apparel does that. What a lot of people don't realize is Perry Ellis helps manufacture a lot of the Callaway Apparel gear. So they wouldn't put Callaway on if they didn't stand behind the products that they are making. And you know, from personal experience, I really like a lot of the stuff they wear. I talked about it earlier. I've talked about the fact that I've used their rain gear in the past. But just from a shirt perspective, they've got swing tech. So they've got stretch in the seams. You've got moisture wicking technology. You've got UV blocking technology. And the one thing that I really like, other than the rain gear, you know, it's getting into sweaty boy season. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to be real honest here. It's hot out there. And the one thing it's that I like. It's hot boy season. It's hot boy season. Beyond the shirts is the shorts. Okay. There's nothing worse than having a pair of shorts where like either they're not quite the right fit and they kind of sag. And then you're on the golf course, you feel like you're looking sloppy or they're just a little snug, you know, where you want, you just want, you want to, you want to feel comfortable in you your own skin and in, yeah, swamp is not good in the shorts area. All right. And the ones that I really like are the Everplay shorts because they are a stretch short. They are a, a performance short. And thing that I really like, cause I am a walker is they are a little bit more above the knee than what you would find. We're not talking, we're not walking around in booty shorts out here, but they are a comfortable walking short that allows you to be nice and comfortable on the golf course. And they look good. I think to me, that's the biggest thing is they look good when you're out there. I don't want to feel sloppy on the golf course. I feel when I look good on the golf course, I'm going to perform my best. And for me, it's the, it's the every short, ever play short. Sorry. I'm, I, the name is, I, I, I wear them all the time. I just, you know, getting the name right is, is just more of the difficulty, but for those who are interested in trying any of this stuff, you can head over to CallawayApparel.com. You can use code C-A-L-F-E-20 for, I'm going to guess that's 20% off your order. And don't forget, not only do they have men's stuff, they have women's stuff as well. So for men and women, they've got stuff for every size and shape. So head over to CallawayApparel.com to check that out. You know, I should point out and that Chris and I are looking fresh today. And it's probably because we're we're wearing Callaway apparel. Oh, okay. if we're the other two shorts here, shirt. y'all y'all just didn't, didn't I'm not going to stand today. up on camera and show you my shorts right now. All <laughs> right, do you no one needs to need to like RB turn around say, and give you that yeah. view. Yeah, but they're, they're on shorts. below <laughs> the camera angle here. So they're just I'm I might be wearing a t-shirt, but I'm nice and comfortable in these shorts on and off the golf course. I'm just uh, curious if if Gene has ever experienced the the booty shorts that you were uh, you were describing <laughs> earlier. There, RB. Let's just go to the interview. I don't even want to know if he has. Probably at Coachella. <laughs> he was out there. He, yeah, he, he <laughs> breaks out the fun outfits when he goes to the he, desert. He fit in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Day glow, baby. Day glow. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, uh, it's a good time to get to this week's interview. I had a chance to chat recently with Joe Toulon. He is the PGA Tour manager for Callaway Golf. But before Joe was PGA Tour manager for Callaway, he headed up Odyssey's putter department. He was the guy that I saw every week out there working with guys on the putting green. We get into a lot on the putters in this interview because. Uh, I mean, you've heard us talk about it. The Odyssey versus Jailbird has been the hottest putter, probably the hottest club in golf this season. We talk about how the heck this putter went from uh, being around in 2013 to suddenly a decade later becoming the most popular putter out on tour. We also talk about lead tape, uh, the importance of where you place it, and also some potential putter changes for the Open Championship. 
It's a great interview. Enjoy it. All right. Well, it is Open Championship Week, and we need to talk about the most important club in the bag. No, it's not a driving iron or a low bounce wedge. It's the putter. Boring. I know. But it does have a tendency to decide majors, and no one knows putters better than my next guest. That would be Callaway's PGA Tour manager, Joe Toulon, friend of the pod. Joe, what's going on, man? You you are not in you're not in uh, in Liverpool right now, are you? No, I'm not. I'm actually up in uh, Truckee at the Barracuda Championship. Can't miss it. Can't miss yeah. this one. Yeah. Well, considering what the time change is going from from California over uh to to the uk i'm pretty sure you're not you're not hurting about that one yeah i'll take the uh the one hour flight as opposed to a 10 hour flight that's uh that's no problem by me yeah well i gotta mention here at the top odyssey's won two of three majors this year mr john rom at the masters he had Wyndham clark at the u.s open got a chance to go three for four man I mean that's pretty good when you consider it. I I know this is the the anniversary of when Ping in in '88 won all four majors, but three out of four. I mean, what what does Odyssey consider to be a successful year when it comes to to putters on the PGA Tour? Is it just winning one major because of how difficult it is to to just get one, or is it winning at least two? I mean, I I know Odyssey has a massive tour usage. Yes. Yeah, I would say it starts at one. Once you get one, you're kind of everything after that is a bonus. But that's kind of uh, where we uh, where we start getting into. All right, that's a that's a nice year, but anything past that is uh, is definitely a bonus. Obviously, majors have the most eyes on them. It's when the most people are tuning in to watch golf. Um, so having um, you know eyes on Odyssey putters in the biggest situations, that's a win. We're trying to get our putters in the hands of players on the biggest stage during the biggest tournaments and. And, you know, showing all golfers what Odyssey putters can do for them. And so, um, yeah, the majors are the big one. And obviously, you, you know, you hinted at it. We, um, we've we dominated tour for the last, you know, 11, 12 years, number one putter on tour for 12 years straight, um, number one putter on every major tour worldwide, um, you know, 52% um, win rate this year across PJ Tour, DP World Tour, LPJ and Champions, um, you know, my, more than half of our um, PJ Tour users are non-staffers, so players who can play any putter they want to. Um, and so, those are just you know a, a few of the a few of the numbers that kind of highlight the success that you know Odyssey has had and has had for a long time. So, um, you know, going into into the Open here, you know, two out of three is pretty good. If you throw in the Champions Tour and LPJ, I think we're at six now um, on the season. So. Um, Pretty nice there, and uh, getting another one at uh, at the Open Championship would be very nice. You mentioned the the fifty two percent win clip this year. I mean, historically, because as I mentioned, Odyssey number one putter out on on tour. Where does that rank historically? Is fifty two percent really good? Is it is it a a good year? Is it in line with what you all have seen in, in the past? Just just to kind of provide a little bit of context there. Yeah, I would say that's uh, that's a very nice year for us. That's a little uh, a little higher uh, than than normal year for us, for sure. Um, we've had a lot of success on the PGA Tour. Uh, obviously, we got off to a great start with our staffers. Um, you've got to mention the Paradigm Driver that that helped drive it a lot. But then, you know, a lot of non-staff usage um, and wins this year. Um, I think uh, off the top of my head, you know, obviously we had three straight um, starting at the uh, U.S. Open. 
Um, then the Travelers and Rocket Mortgage. That was nice. Oh, we're going to get to that putter. Don't worry. Actually, four straight uh, too with the uh, with the uh, Tuttle the next week. So um, we've had yeah just a lot of a lot of success uh, not only with our staffers but with with the non-staffers. So um, I believe fourteen wins on the PJ Tour so far this year. Um, just an unbelievable year, um, and uh, hopefully we're not done. So, what do you attribute that to? I know you have new product out this year, um, some old product that has exploded recently. And again, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But, mm-hmm. but what what have we what have you been seeing out on tour? What what's really what's really popping and kind of allowing these guys to have a whole lot of success almost yep. all the time. So we've always been big on innovation and technology. And if there's one little thing that we can do with our putters to help players play better and putt better, we're going to do that every single time. And, uh, you know, some of that stuff is, uh, you touched on it a little bit, you know, I don't know if you can call it old technology with Versa, but Versa, when we first launched it, was a huge success for us. And so much so that we still had plenty of putters in play the last few years, even though that putter was, you know, not being sold. Um, and we decided, hey, look, this this is still something that resonates with a lot of players on the PGA Tour and a lot of professional golfers. And typically when you see that happen, that's something that could benefit the average golfer as well. So we decided, OK, let's let's bring back Versa um, in, in a big way with some new shapes and some new hosels. Um, and I think that's been kind of spearheading the success. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of players interested in that technology. Um, you know, our research has found that over half of golfers actually align a perpendicular reference, uh, more square or square than a like traditional sight line that's pointed at the target. Um, and basically it just really highlights, uh, the face angle at address, which, which makes it very easy, um, for your eye to decipher, you know, square or not with that black, white, black kind of paint scheme on it. So, um, that technology has been huge. Uh, try has been a success for us with, with the high MOI and the blades and now the mallets this year, uh, the stroke lab shafts have been a huge success. And I think it's just, you know, we have something that if players are going to give us the time, um, we can find the right putter for them. And that's been, honestly, that's a credit to, um, our tour truck and, and having a Quintic, uh, putter fitting system in there and a ball roll system. So we can really dial in putters to, to help players, uh, you know, squeeze every little bit out of their putting game that they can. Um, and I think uh, that's a huge testament to um, our new Odyssey rep, Cody Hale, who's uh, come in this year and just done an unbelievable job of of kind of taking the reins and and you know just being so well liked and such a hard worker. And he's um, he's going to do everything he can to to find everybody the the right putter out there. So uh, just a combination of things and just always trying to do right by the golfer and find something that's going to have help them you know put their best. So you mentioned the Quintic, which I know is something that I would say a lot of golfers or a lot of golf fans were probably first introduced to it when they saw Bryson, mm-hmm. you know, Bryson, I, I know was one of those guys who was kind of a torchbearer for, for new technology or technology that we really hadn't seen out on, on the PGA tour. And Quintic is for those, I guess the, the, like the layman's way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's a high speed camera, high speed camera system that, that can measure, the golf balls, the roll. So you can see roll consistency, how, how the ball is coming off the putter face and any adjustments that need to be made. Or in your case, it allows you to do head to head testing at a PGA tour event with Quintic. This is a really cool addition to your truck. And I wrote about this for golf magazine, but for those that maybe didn't catch the, the article in the mag or on the dot com, 
just discuss this addition to the Callaway truck and, and what a big advantage this has maybe given you all when it's come to, you know, head to head testing. If you're, you know, testing an Odyssey versus a competitor's putter, um, just on like a Tuesday. Yeah. So, I mean, when we uh, were talking about getting a new truck, um, you know, we probably started having the conversation three, four years ago. And, you know, we were always thinking of ways, and I'm, I'm probably going to harp on this a lot, of, of how we can help our players play better. Um, and, you know, we've, we've done a deep dive into the analytics and stat tracking. And so we're tracking, you know, hundreds of different metrics during tournament weeks. Um, and, you know, when we started doing that, we started realizing, okay, well, there's there's a lot that goes into every other club and truly fine tuning it. So there's, they're getting everything they can out of that, um, out of that club. And on the putter side of things, you know, when we were starting to look at how we've sort of fit putters in the past and, and how putters have, have kind of gone into play traditionally on the PJ tour. If you're not in a studio environment, you're almost just looking at demo putters on the putting green, grabbing one that looks good to your eye going, yeah, this looks pretty good. Can you throw this grip on it? And I'm good to go. And that to, to us, that was, such an outdated practice and it was one of the ways um we thought we can improve on on how that's done instead of just you know trying to get players to come out to to our ecpc our, our studio in california and carlsbad to to travel out there and do a putter fitting so we started sketching out ways that we could include a, a putting studio effectively on our on our tour truck and so we've had it now for about a year and a half um about a 10 foot putt on our tour truck we use quintic like i said um, and it's just, it's a way for us to truly, um, do a putter fitting instead of having just a player say, this model looks good. It looks like I'm rolling on my line. Let's get my grip on it and go. Now we can measure all these different, um, parameters on, are you aligning this correctly? You know, are you starting it where you think you're starting it? Um, how is the putter, uh, how's the rotation putter? Is it closing too much, um, or too quickly? Um, what's the lying like, obviously with, with launch angle and roll, we can, we can highlight, you know, some of the competitive advantages that, that we believe Odyssey putters give you. Um, and so, you know, how are you, how's the putter moving with this hosel versus that hosel? Let's get whatever putter you're using and let's compare it to this and truly figure out, okay, is it passing the test on the truck, on the studio to where you can now take it out to the green and, and get comfortable? I, I think you know, the studio is such a big part of the Quintic uh, Odyssey studio on our truck is such a big part of narrowing down options in a much more technical way. Um, so, you know, okay, you're launching at the right uh, um, launch angle. The spin is proper. You're aligning this properly. It's passing all those tests. Now let's go out on the green and see, you know, if when you hit left to right or right to lefters, or if you hit speed putts, is your speed where it needs to be? Um, and so we're just thinking about it in a much more technical way while still understanding at the end of the day, are you making more putts with this putter? Um, you know, you, you can roll it great. You can align it great, but if you're not making putts with it, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's crucial. But the Quintic has allowed us to, to really get in that proper uh, window of all those different parameters to know, okay, this is a good putter for you. Let's go out and work with it on the green. All right. So I want to talk a little bit of open prep. It's interesting because every, yeah. every year, especially when, when tiger plays one of the big stories is the fact that he adds lead tape to the cavity of his putter and you know he's one of those guys that does that and and i've heard over the years lead tape's great for for the slow greens usually the the greens are not shaggy at an open championship but on the slower side mm -hmm. uh, potentially loft adjustments but i mean again odyssey being odyssey and the fact that you have such a massive stable players using your putters like what are 
the the changes that players, if at all, are making in the weeks leading up to an Open Championship? Yeah, uh, I think you touched on the two biggest ones. Um, and, and there's two schools of thought. There's one um, where, you know, just come with the putter that, that got you here, basically, and adjust as you would, you know, to different circumstances or different greens that you kind of do on a weekly basis. But to your point, the Open Championship is always just a little bit different with, and you touched on it, the greens are typically a little bit slower because the wind and you don't want balls oscillating on the green and things like that. Um, so that, that is when players, if they're going to make a change, it would be something for that week. And I just got off the phone with, uh, with Jacob Davidson, who is over at the open. Um, and he mentioned that Xander, um, added about 10 grams to his putter, um, for that reason. It was just, um, a little bit more, um, mass and, and energy behind the strike helps him get a little bit more ball speed. It's also feels a little bit more stable in the wind, um, for him. So he went, he made that change, but that is definitely something uh, that players will consider uh, making the putter a little bit heavier and loft um, as well. And, and, and it's, it's usually adding more loft to, uh, to the putter. And, uh, and just another non-staffer um, was texting me this morning, asking if I was over at the open said, maybe he's having some start offline. That's, that's not um, uh, a usual thing for him. And so uh, I talked to our putter rep, Seamus Sweeney, over there, and they decided to add about a uh, half a degree of loft just for that week, uh, just for the Open this week, to, to make sure that ball's launching on top of the surface of the grass instead of into it. Um, and the reason behind that is, you know, the ball, the weight of the ball will will make the ball sit down in a little depression on the green. And the longer the blade length of the grass is or the softer the, the conditions are, it'll sit down a little bit more in that kind of nest egg of of uh, of a depression. And so... In order to give the ball proper roll, you need to launch it over that little lip that the ball is, is sitting in. So, you know, typically, you know, if you want to launch it on normal PJ Tour greens, one and a half, you might look at two to two and a half um, on longer grass types or slower grass types, um, like a like an open championship. So he's he made a move to launch it a little bit higher, get it over that lip. So it's it's launching and top spinning in the proper way. Um, and that's, and those are the, the two biggest things that we see, you know, on a yearly basis. And, and we also see it in, on, uh, things like West coast swing when there's a lot of Poana and inconsistencies, uh, that that grass type can, can give you in the afternoon, especially, but, um, the open championship for sure, lead tape or, or more weight in the head. And then, uh, definitely look at, at launch conditions and, and potentially bumping the loft up on your putter. So well, I guess one of the questions that we sometimes get about, lead tape with the putter is where is the best place to put it is it is it best to put it in the cavity is it best to put it on the sole of the putter what, what are your thoughts on that it can it can change feel um and and sound um ball speed not not so much um but feel and sound it can definitely change depending on where you put it um We've always liked to put it um, on the sole. It just spreads it out evenly, and, and it doesn't really change, even though you're talking. If you put it in the cavity, you're not talking like you're changing the CG location, hardly anything. But it, but we like to even it out amongst the putter, which is why we typically go um, across the whole sole, because the sole cause it doesn't change um, kind of the CG placement at all. So it keeps that feel relatively similar. Um, there's, I mean it's not going to make a huge difference one way or the other. The other reason we would do it on the sole is because we don't want to cover up that Odyssey logo. You know, we want, that, we want that on TV. Um, definitely but, you know, see it when they're holding the butter up. 
For sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean, if if a player wanted in the in the back cavity for whatever reason, obviously that's something we would definitely do for him. So um, placement not not a huge deal. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why Tiger puts it in the back cavity usually, but it ruins the paint, man. He took the paint out of the cherry bomb a couple red, of years back. Red paint, sacrilegious. Not, it's not quite popping like it used to. Oh man, I love yeah. it. All right, so I've been burying the lead on this interview. Mm-hmm. We got to get to. In my opinion, man, this this is the this is the hottest club of the year by far, yeah. and it's such a, it's got such a cool story because uh, for those of you that remember, I, I talked about being out uh, in the Coachella Valley and watching Ricky Fowler roll putts with an Odyssey Versa Jailbird, and it had the the seventeen inch Super Stroke grip. He was rolling it great. There were a couple other reps around that were, you know, obviously Ricky's a, a Scotty Cameron guy. He's used Scotty Cameron for, for a while. And it was surprising to see because of his allegiance to, to Scotty that he was rolling putts with an odyssey. And, and he, I mean, I probably was there for an hour and he, you know, talked to him for a quick minute. He said, look, it, it, I was rolling it great. Got a little bit of the backstory. The, the idea behind the putter came from his caddy. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, cool. Ricky might use this thing. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm watching week after week and he's, he's putting well. And that seemed to be the one area where he had been struggling with. He just couldn't find a putter that worked. And he has such a, uh, efficient stroke that it just seems impossible that he doesn't make more putts, but the jailbird all of a sudden started to make him relevant again. And it's just, it's cool because this putter is, as you mentioned, Versa is is still a current a current design, it's current technology that Odyssey has. But this putter head, this jailbird head, is is a decade old, mm-hmm. which is neat when at least for me, selfishly, because mm-hmm. I love the idea of old product becoming relevant again. Yeah. Take take me back, man. Take me back to to what what the heck happened? Ricky uses this putter. Other guys start to take notice. Wyndham Clark picks up. Uh, basically a replica after playing in a money game with with Rick. And you've also, go, oh, by the way, I've got Keegan Bradley using this putter. This thing has been on fire. What what has this been like for you since the beginning of the year when Ricky started using it until now? It's I've never seen anything like it. And I've been, I don't know, I've been on tour for seven or eight years now, maybe. I've never seen a putter kind of get this popular this fast. Um, and in this way, I mean, and like you said, old putter. Um, it, it was just such a bizarre story on how that happened. And obviously wouldn't happen without his caddy, Ricky Romano, for sure. I think they were playing the Got weekend Romano. Yeah, exactly. Um, they were playing the week before American Express, I think. Um, and I'm sh- I think he was trying his putter out and, and had some success with it. Um, but, but the backstory, um, I was on the truck the week before kind of clearing out some, some old product and kind of going through heads and like, eh, I'm not going to need that putter head, not going to need that putter head. And I had this, and then I grabbed this Versa jailbird in my hand and I was just thinking, I mean, we haven't had one of these in play. Granted, yeah, Keegan's using it, but he's been locked into that. And we, we just really haven't had had any in play in a long time. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't think we need that. And then the last thing I thought was, you know what? We'll bring in Versa back. That's kind of a new technology. This is kind of a unique head shape. There may be somebody who goes, you know, show me show me a Versa putter that maybe is not mainstream. So I kept it on there. Um, that was the Friday before the American, American Express. And 
the first text I get Monday morning um, was from Ricky and, and say, just picture of the putter and said, hey, I've been putting with my caddy's putter. Do you mind making this up? And I'm like, first of all, am I, am I getting punked right now? Um, <laughs> like, really? Um, and so, and then I started thinking, I have that putter on the truck. It's, it's the last one I kept on here instead of tossing it away. And so um, Cody and I worked on uh, on doctoring that up, and we got the specs off his caddy's putter, Ricky's, and um, you know made it up. We didn't have the exact right Odyssey Superstroke grip, so we went with this uh, new Zenergy 3017, um, which Arnie Cunningham, the Superstroke rep, is very happy about. So you're welcome, imagine. Arnie. Um, and so uh, you know made it up for him that week. You know, kind of checked in with him throughout the week, and um, he said it's rolling good. It's rolling good, and you know, I still didn't really expect it to go and play. Um, but obviously, success right away. Um, we've seen what his putting stats have been year over year, uh, and and his whole game. I mean, it, I don't want to say it's just the putter. He's obviously all the stats are are much improved, and his game is it's it's. I've I've said it before, but it's so nice to have you know Ricky playing well again. Um, he's it's golf so much better when he's playing better. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone who played with him from that moment on was just like, man, he's not missing from inside 10 feet. It feels like you mind making me one. And so we quickly went through our inventory. I mean, every week. How how many did you have? You mentioned you had one on the truck, but like what, what other inventory did you have as demand started to spike? We probably had 50 to 60 of that larger head. And there's been a couple different iterations, minis and different finishes and things like that but probably 50 to 60 of that bigger one. Um, and quickly, like every week it's two or three, two or three, two or three. And everybody he plays with, Oh man, he's not missing within inside 10 feet. Um, and so, you know, as we start to see this happening, we're like, okay, well, we should order more of these. And so, you know, eventually, you know, got that project kicked off and, um, you know, we're, we're going to have more for tour here soon, but we're still, we're having to turn guys away. Um, on the PJ tour and, and on other tours, because we simply don't have enough to, to meet the demand, uh, right now, which is a unique, you know, situation. Um, I would say, I mean, have you ever had that before where you were having to turn guys away who were asking for a particular product? No, no. I mean, there's been some examples of some, you know, some limited small batch stuff, uh, in the Toulon category, um, that has been so limited. We can't even, you know, uh, meet tour player requests for that. But this this product was so unique in that it was older, and we had just a few sitting on the shelf in a box. And um, you know, all the stuff that we have current, you know, we have ample inventory of, or we can get more made quickly. And this was just a unique situation that it's a longer process to retool it and get it all back um, in stock. And so, um, turning players away was was a new thing for us, and didn't like doing it. But in, that's the kind of the situation that we've been in. Um, finally getting more made up, but, uh, yeah, it was great. It's, it's weird how you're so used to kind of going out up to players and, and trying to drum up some business and, and explaining the technology to them. And this year has more been players reaching out to you and saying, Hey, can, can you make this up for me? Um, which is, which is makes our job easier, um, which has been nice. So, um, you know, Cody's been doing a great job out there for us and, and, getting players jailbirds that he can and, and, you know, telling them when they're going to get them. But um, it's been, like I said, I don't remember any putter in the last 
10 years that has had this sort of success and having three non-staffers and back-to-back-to-back weeks win with essentially the same putter um, is, I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, and obviously the U.S. the U.S. Open was a dream scenario for us. I mean, you can't, you can't draw that up any better. For the, Ricky the and Wyndham, exact same identical final, putter. Final group, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, and then Wyndham ended up winning that and then Keegan the next week. And I mean, it's just, I've never seen anything like it. And, and, you know, finally we were able to get some on the website and make it available for pre-sale. And our website crashed a few times because it couldn't Oh yeah. I volume. heard about that from a lot of people who were DMing me on social media, telling oh, me that they gosh. couldn't, they couldn't get their credit card to, to push through. It I was, mean, yeah, I was laughing. Uh, Cause it's like, it just, it just totally mirrors the demand that you're seeing out on tour. That, uh, that's exactly it. I mean, I, I don't know what the, I think the final number on just day one, was 4,000 jailbirds and probably would have been, you know, double that had we figured out how to, you know, not have the, the site crash. But, you know, hopefully next time we have, you know, three non-staffers and a U.S. Open win uh, in the next butter, we can figure that out for that if that time ever comes. It's a, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it was. So one of the cool things about this putter that I did want to point out, and I've got pictures posted up on social. The lead tape job on this sole, both both for Ricky's and Wyndham's, is is aspirational. It is so good, and I, I found out that you that you are, played a role in making sure that it was exactly perfect. And then that makes me wonder how many other guys are asking you for a similar lead tape job because I can't imagine that's just an easy one where you can just pull out a bunch of lead tape. And just yeah. use an exacto to, to get it just right. So whoever we're buying that lead tape from, I don't know. And I've seen some people go, God, how do you, where do you get that thick lead tape? I don't, I don't know. I just asked our pro tour department and they send it out. Um, but they're having a good year too. So the the 3.017 super stroke grip, they're having a good year. Lead tape's having a good year. We're having a good year. because uh, we're basically out of that thick lead tape. So hopefully buy lead more. tape stock if that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah, having uh, it, it is very satisfying when you get those nice clean lines around the putter and and get it in there um, just nice and perfect. It takes um, we use obviously the the thick lead tape. Get kind of the two strips across the bottom. Uh, you need a nice new razor blade to get those crisp crisp sharp lines around that putter uh, and that back kind of window in the putter. That's a tricky, that's a tricky one to get in there and, it is and, very tricky. and get it really nice and clean there. But, a, uh, a nice new razor blade, uh, does the trick there. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's always satisfying, but I, I've done, and Cody's done probably more than me at this point, uh, more than I'd care to do our next, uh, the next iteration of jailbird will likely have movable weights on it. Uh, so we can just swap out the weights instead of doing lead tape Very every smart. time somebody wants a, you know, a counterbalance option. So we're working on that. Um, but the lead tape job, that that was, uh, that was, I always see the comments. I'm like, man, people kind of freak out about the funniest little things. Um, but it is satisfying. But it's the minutia, man. Everybody, everybody yeah. loves the, like the little things, you know, it's not so much just the head shape. It's the, yeah. it's the lead tape. The, that, I think it's three strips of lead tape on there. So the head weights like 380 385 something like that and getting that stacked on there i mean it's sitting up pretty tall but it's uh 
it's it is satisfying once you you know you get it on there get it all nice and square use a sharpie to get it down there smooth and flat on it it is uh it is very oddly satisfying i will say that so i asked you about this when we first talked about the the rise of jailbird but for those that that didn't see i I did post it on twitter but what when do you recall the last time that a putter exploded like this in popularity on tour uh you'd have to say the spider um the the red spider uh with jason day making that but i'm talking hugely popular um and then yeah odyssey i would say the number seven was uh was the last time we've had something quite this hot um and before that was the two ball um so i would say those four putters um if you include the spider in there have been the hottest in the last 20 some odd years uh but the seven was probably um you know the the hottest one um before the jailbird for us because i mean ricky back in the day he was using a versus seven for a few tournaments um i believe dj used one for a couple weeks um and that was you know luke donald so many great putters used that putter so it was kind of the same colt most used a a seven crank hosel he was known as a fantastic putter um so uh, you had a lot of great putters using that and that's that's obviously the key when you have big names and great putters because they're they're influencers out there on the pga tour and pga tour players are just like you know us regular golfers if they see somebody having success with a putter they believe they're going to have the same success. There's a psychological aspect to that where they get that putter in their hands. They're like, all right, now I'm going to start putting like such and such. Uh, and that's going to lead them to at least try it. And if, if they see constantly on TV or as, with players they play with them making putts, they, they're just thinking that's going to rub off on them. And, and uh, I think that's what we saw with two ball and number seven and, and jailbird is just the latest example of, of what that looks like. And, and obviously it helps to have, you know, great players and 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 non-staffers and and guys winning at uh, on the on the high on the biggest stage with it. That would be subpar co-host yeah. Colt Nost. That's right. That's right. Just gotta just gotta throw that in there for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Uh, all right. With so with the popularity for Jailbird, is it fair to say that it's going to be part of a uh, upcoming twenty-four line? I think that would be fair to say. Wink yes. and a nod. Yeah, wink and a nod. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to make yeah. a lot of people very happy. I think so. I think so. Yeah. All right. So I want to close out this interview um, with, with something a bit more, a bit more personal. So I know your dad, Sean Toulon um, announced actually on social media. I didn't even know your dad was a big social media guy. He's um, not. His account, I, his account gets hacked probably weekly. So, oh my gosh. I shouldn't, I shouldn't probably say that, but for hackers oh, out there, he's probably a prime. Uh, oh gosh, there. no, don't, don't, yeah, Dad, don't, change don't, your no hackers. Yeah. <laughs> change it, Sean one two three. God, that's, that's how did you know? Yeah, I know it was, it was, it was an obvious one. Uh, but uh, but your dad announced on, on social that he, after seven years, is is stepping away from from his role. He was overseeing uh, Odyssey. A lot of people know that that Sean was also he had a, an incredible run at TaylorMade, and I'm he did really announce what he was going to be doing. And I think that that left it kind of open ended, where people started to wonder like what was going on, what was going to happen with Toulon Design. I know that he, it's going to still exist, but but can you offer any any concrete details on what the heck is happening here for those that are are curious? Yeah, I mean, I think you know he's he's kind of getting to the stage where. 
you know, thinking about retirement and, and wanting to focus on, um, you know, the things that are, I would say most meaningful to them and, and working with, you know, my brother as well, who's going to uh, start up his venture with them, um, is something that's very near and dear to him and close to his heart, obviously. Um, and he, he just wanted to spend more time on, on projects that, you know, he was, he had a lot of love and care for not to say he didn't have that at Odyssey, but obviously he was pulled in a lot of different directions with some design, um, some ID stuff with other products. And, you know, he had uh, stints with OGO uh, and, and kind of helping um, design and run kind of that business. So, but he just kind of wanted to get to, um, to the point where he's doing what he truly loves to do and, and focus a hundred percent of a, of his energy on that. And so it's still going to have definitely a loose uh, a partnership and loosely under the Callaway umbrella still. And they'll, I think, uh, you know, we're, there's definitely talks of some, some really cool collaborations on putters and, and maybe things outside the putter category as well. That that'll be um, very interesting. I know they're excited about that. Um, That's interesting. Yep. Um, and so, a uh, small batch will continue to be something that um, that uh, um, Toulon does, um, whether it's every month or a little bit less than that. Um, they're still going to be involved in that. Um, and like I said, collaborations with Callaway and, and potentially, you know, some other um, companies as well and other brands as well. But um, it's just them kind of getting back to um, kind of what started it all with Toulon and, and um and, and getting back to that and really pouring everything um, they can into that and seeing, seeing what they can make it into. Um, and so it's definitely something that's, uh, that's exciting. He's, um, he's definitely energized about this. And, and like I said, he's going to be somebody that never fully retires talking about my dad. I mean, after his tailor-made days, he, he retired for six days and then, and then we started Toulon design. So um, I don't think in that way, I think it's going to be very, uh, very much kind of follow Roger Cleveland steps where he's, he can't, he can't. It's way too much energy. It. Yeah. He, he just, the passion is, is never going to go away. And I think for anybody who has met him or has spent some time with him, you can just hear the passion he has for, for golf equipment. And, um, and I think he just wants to pour all that into to something, um, you know, with my brother that's, that they can, uh, be really proud of and, and have, um, you know, uh, full run of, of, you know, design and everything they want to do, um, in that brand and, and, and focus, focus, you know, um, everything he's got on it. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, uh, what they have coming. I'm probably more in the loop than, than most, even though I'm not, um, not really associated with it, uh, in, in a, as big a way. Um, but we still talk. Um, so I kind of, I'm sure, I'm sure pops is going to let you know what's going on, whether you want to hear it or not. He, he, like I said, he's passionate. He can't help himself. And so he's kind of an open book. Um, but, uh, but it, it's cool to see kind of what they have coming. Um, and I think, uh, I think, um, you know, golfers and, and people who are passionate about golf equipment are going to be pretty excited about, about what they have cooking. So, um, I'm excited for them. I think it's a good place to close out this interview. Joe, thank you as always for the time and congratulations on the success this year out on tour. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate it. And that'll do it for episode 199. One more until the big 200. We have a great guest for next week. I am super excited. It's going to be an interview episode, but I promise you, you're not going to miss us doing our usual gear ramblings because you're going to enjoy spending some time with one of my favorite people on the planet. So that's my way of teasing it and saying, check out episode 200 next week. But if you want more gear news this week, Check out the social channels. We are at 
fully underscore equipped on Twitter and at fluke of golf on Instagram. Enjoy the open championship. Get some rest coming early. Mm-hmm.